him exceedingly, Abraham's response, remember, was to fall down on his face, and it said God talked with him there. So we're going to pick up in verse 4 with what God said to him at that time. Listen to these words that God says. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. Now think about those words. Here is Abraham, this man, walking with God. And God Almighty, El Shaddai, comes and says this, I am God, you know who I am, and behold, I'm going to make a covenant with you. In other words, we're going to be under a contract with each other. We're going to have a, a partnership with one another. And it's my covenant that I'm going to make with you. Now, what would you, and how could you imagine in the fact that God Almighty comes, God of all the universe, and He wants to covenant with or partner with you? That would make you a little bit speechless, wouldn't it? It wouldn't me. Abraham, or Abram at that time, he is told by God, that God wants to make this covenant between them. And in that covenant, this is what he promises him. He says, And you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Now, how many, how many children does he have right now? Well, he actually has one, because that's through Hagar and Ishmael, which we know that eventually Ishmael promised to hack by Hag. Uh, by God to Hagar, he's going to be a, a great nation. <laughs> we read on in here, we find that Ishmael actually has 12 sons and there are 12 princes of Ishmael. So this is the Arab nations that are going to come. But, but how many children of promise does he have? He has zero children of promise. In other words, the plan of God was that God through Abraham and Sarah we're going to have a child, and that child was going to be the son of promise, and that child is going to be the birth of the nation of Israel. All right? And how many of how many long has he been born? He hasn't been born. <laughs> he hasn't been born at this time. But God comes along and God tells Abram, said, You are going to be a father of multitudes. Multitudes of nations, multitudes of people. And then something interesting happens. Notice what happens next. There is a name change. There's a name change that comes. There it is in verse number 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Now, whatever you hear that name, or those two names in English, they seem pretty close together, don't they? You're Abram and Abraham. They seem close. But in the Hebrew language, they're really not that close together. And whenever you think about the meaning of what it is, they're not close at all. They're not close at all. Let, let me show you what I mean. Whenever he has his first name, that name Abram, that name means exalted father. Exalted Father. Now what is, that, what is that about when it says Exalted Father? Here's what, it is looking backward. It is looking backward and it's looking back to the father of Abram. Who was the father of Abram? Y'all remember his name? What was his name? T. 
Terah. That's right. Terah was the father of Abram. And Terah was the first one who took up and left Ur of Chaldees, and he made his way to Haran, H-A-R-A-N, all right? He made his way there on his way to the Canaanite land. But what happened when he got to Haran? He died. He died there, and, and where did the mantle fall? Whose responsibility was it then? It was on Abram's shoulders that he was going to get them over to that promised land. And so when it's talking about that Abram means exalted father, it's looking backwards and it's talking about his father or his dad. The exalted father gives reference to the fact that more than likely Terah was royalty. Abram was from a royal family, a leading family of that time. And so Abram was the fact that he was a picture, a testimony, looking backwards that he had an exalted father, a lifted up father. And that was his name. So Abram is exalted father. But when it comes to the name Abraham, it means something totally different. It means the father of multitudes. This is not looking backwards, but it's looking what? It's looking forward. Abram is looking backwards. Abraham is looking forward. Abram is looking backwards to his dad of royalty and his lineage. And Abraham is looking forward at his descendants and what they're going to be and how many they're going to be. And so he says, your name's going to be changed because your name, Abraham, whenever it's spoken, is going to remind each person, every person who hears your name, who knows that language, that you are being proclaimed as the father of a multitude of nations. The father of a multitude of nations. Now, I, I, I see things humorous, especially in the Bible sometimes things are humorous to me. Now, now, could you imagine Abram coming out and telling all his friends and all his servants and everybody, he has a big cohort of people who are with him, he comes out and he, he tells them, listen, you're not to call me Abram anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to call me Abram anymore about that exalted father. But, but, but what I want you to call me, I want you to call me Abraham. I, I'm a father of a multitude of nations. Now, could you imagine how they looked at him? They would have probably thinking, he's got a screw that's loose somewhere. I mean, they're thinking, this man is a hundred years old, almost a hundred years old, and, and, and he doesn't have any children uh, except Ishmael by Hagar. Sarah hasn't got any. She's almost 90 years old, and he's sitting here having a name change that says he's the multitude of nations, the father over them. Age may be getting to him. Do what? <laughs> His age might be getting to him. Yeah, that might be true. Well, what, wait a minute. Don't you think they would wonder why would he say, why would there be, why would there be this name change? Hold on a second. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't God have waited until Isaac was born? <laughs> why, why wouldn't God have waited until Ishmael begins to produce and Isaac begins to produce and there begins to be 
children and grandchildren and, and, and it begins to happen. That, and, then, and then God comes along and tells Abraham, hey, your, your name's going to be Abraham because you got him. Because see, the change of name is not a statement of fact. That, that change of name is not a statement of fact. That change of name is a statement of faith. Isn't it? It's a statement of faith. Well, what's a statement of faith? God has already promised him. God has told him. You are going to be a, the father of many nations. You are going to have multitudes of children. You're, you're going to have them as many as the stars in the sky. You're, you're going to have it. Even though you don't hold it in your hand. Even though you don't see them with your eyes. You're going to have them. So when he changes the name Abraham, he's going to wear that name. And he's wearing that name as a constant reminder that God's promise and God's covenant, God's covenant, that was the covenant. Don't forget that. Now look at verse 4 again. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. What was the covenant? My promise to you is you're going to be a father of a multitude of nations. Now, wear the name. Wear the name. Wear it proudly. Well, Lord, what about those people going to laugh behind my back? Don't worry about the people laughing behind your back. Wear the name proudly. But, but Lord, I, I, don't, I don't have the facts to back it up. Don't worry about the facts. Wear the name proudly. Why, Lord? Because I have told you, and if I have promised to you, you can bank it. It's there. And so... Abraham comes out and tells him, don't call me Abram anymore. Don't call me exalted father anymore. You call me the father of a multitude of nations. You call me that. Why? Because every time I hear my name, it reminds me of what God has promised he will do for me. Every time someone calls Abraham's name, he is reminded that the God who made covenant with him will fulfill what he says and what he promises. So there's a change of name, very significant change of name, that says, now I'm believing you. I'm believing that promise. And I'm going to be reminded every time somebody speaks my name. Well, hold on a second. When you read on a little bit, you find out there's another name change. Did y'all see that? Look here in, in verse number, I mean, chapter 17, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, what's that name mean? The father of a multitude of nations. Remember that. Every time you see his name written, it's Abraham now. Remember what it means, Okay. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, Sarai, some people pronounce, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai anymore, but rather Sarah shall be her name. Now, if you have a cross-reference in your, your Bible there, you can look and see, what is, what is that word Sarah, what does it mean? It means princess. That's right. She is now a princess. Now, what, is that, what does that have to do with Sarah? 
it has to do with Sarah everything because whenever that name is changed and she's a princess, it means that she's the one whose seed, whose seed will produce kings. The princess is going to be the one who produces the kings. Not just a woman. She's a princess. Hold on a second. If you know biblical history, did that come true? Sure did. Look at the nation of Israel. Saul was the first king. What was his, what was his, his family? What was his tribe? A Benjamite. A Benjamite. Where did that Benjamite come from? Who, who was his daddy? Who, who was his daddy? Yeah, Benjamin was, but who was, who was his granddaddy? Jacob or, or Israel would have been that, right? And then who, who beyond that, you, you got a man named Isaac. Wait a minute, who is Isaac? Isaac is that child of promise born to who? Born to Abraham by whom? By Sarah. So the first king of Israel is her seed. Wait, wait a minute, wait a second. David, David, where, what tribe was he from? What tribe was he from? The tribe of Judah. Uh-huh. Wait a minute, where, where'd Judah come from? Who, who's, who was his daddy? Who was his daddy? Jacob was his daddy. Who was Jacob's daddy? Isaac. Who was Isaac's daddy? Abraham. Who was Isaac's mother? Sarah, David, King David, was produced out of the seed of Sarah. Now, just go on and do biblical history. Go on and do the history of Israel. Go through 1 Kings and 2 Kings, 1 Samuel, 1 2 Chronicles. Just go on and read all that list of all those kings, whether they're kings in Judah or whether they're kings in Israel. Every king came out of her seed. And, and God, what was, what was God saying? What, what, what did God say to Abraham? Listen, not only is your name going to change, her name, her name is going to change, and you call her Sarah because from her seed, this princess, there will be kings. <laughs> I'm sure Sarah... I'm sure Sarah, when she, and we know when she hears it, she laughs, you remember? I'm sure Sarah's thinking, Lord, I, I'll just take any. I don't have to have a king. <laughs> I'll just take anybody. But uh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm 90 years old. I'm 90 years old. How am I, I going to have a baby? Keep calling your name Sarah. Abraham, every time you speak her name, remind her, remind her what her offspring will be. Now, I, 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 love, I love parts of the Bible where it brings us to, to just being real people, right? This, this is what happens next. I love this part, all right? Verse 16. And I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. I'm going to bless her, and I'm going to give you a son by her. 
Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Did God fulfill that? Biblical history tells us it's fulfilled just like he said. Isn't it amazing that God does just exactly what he says he's going to do? Do you think the same God does what he says he's going to do today just as he did in those days? Amen. Amen. Now, now listen, listen to this funny part. I love this part right here. Verse 17. He said, she's going to have mother nation. She's going to have kings, people that shall come from her. Verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He didn't just laugh. He did what? He fell on his face and laughed. I mean, he's tickled to death about this. This is, this is turned over his giggle box, if you know what I mean. He, he's never heard something that's so absurd in all his life. Listen, though, notice something, though. Don't, don't miss this, all right? Listen to this. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said, wait, said where? Said where? In his heart, chicken. He's a chicken, isn't he? Why? Because what he's about to say, he's not going to say out loud. He's going to say where? In his heart. Listen to what he says. Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, she's certainly not in her prime anymore, will she bear a son? Where did he say that? In his heart. But hold on a second. This is going to be worth you coming tonight. Be careful when you say it in your heart. God still knows. Doesn't he? I mean, the Holy Spirit of God has it written here in the Word of God, what he said, and he said it in his heart. Whatever we say in our heart, God still knows. And Abraham falls out laughing, cannot believe this absurd thing he says, says a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman are not the prime candidates for having a baby boy. But God says it's going to happen. And he goes on here and he tells them when it's going to happen. Listen, listen to what in verse 18. He has such a hard time believing verse 18. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee, Lord, before thee. Lord, I've got Ishmael. I see him. We got can't can't can Ishmael just be the king? Can he can he be my family? Listen to what what God says about that. He says in verse nineteen, but God said no. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. What does Isaac mean? Laughter. Every time Abraham laughed when he heard about it. And when Sarah's going to hear about it a little bit later, you know what she does? She laughs about it too. So every time they call that little boy's name, they're going to remember the first time I heard about him, I laughed. I laughed. Now listen to what happened. You will name him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I've heard, you behold, I will bless him and will make him fruitful 
and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you, listen, at this season, when? Next year. You got one year. She's fixing to get pregnant. Now you imagine living with a 90-year-old pregnant woman. We need to pray for Abraham even now. A 90-year-old pregnant woman. But wait a minute, for that entire year, every time she calls his name Abraham, it's to remember God made a promise. Every time her name is called by Abraham, Sarah, it is God has made a promise that there will be a multitude of nations born forth and that she will be the seed, her seed, will become kings of nations. And for one year, they get to, by faith, see that happen till that baby is born. The name change. You know, there's other name changes in Scripture. There was a name change from Simon to who? To Peter. Simon means hearer. Peter means the Petros, the rock. The one who is the hearer and the rock. Saul, his name becomes what? Paul. Saul means desired, to desire. Paul means small or little. Small or little. It, it, in other words, of humble or insignificance in relation. Well, isn't that just like Paul? Yeah, Paul, when he talks about the humility of heart, humility of life. Let me tell you something. Every one of us, did you know every one of us, whenever we meet Jesus and whenever we get redeemed, did you know that every one of us have a name change? Did y'all know that? Turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. In Revelation chapter 2, this is the promise he makes to those who overcome. Verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. Listen now. And I will give him a white stone. And a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Do you know when you got saved and redeemed and washed under the blood of the Lamb, God gave you a new name? He gave you a new name. And whenever you have overcome, when, when, when are we going to overcome? How, how do we overcome? Faith overcomes the world, right? How do we overcome? We eventually overcome when we leave this old world. When we walk by faith in this world, we leave this old world, we're going to go to glory. And when we have overcome, everyone who's overcome, you're going to reap the benefits of those who are overcomers. In the seven churches of Asia Minor, it always ends by those who overcome get. Those who overcome get. And in this particular church, it says those who overcome, they're going to receive a white stone. And on that white stone, they're going to have a new name. What name? The name God gave you when you got redeemed. And you're going to get to see that stone. You're going to get to see what your name is and how God changed your name. And that thing is going to reflect, is going to reflect the transformation that God made in your heart and in your life. And you know what it says? Just like the covenant that God made with Abraham, 
The covenant where his name reminded him every time it was spoken. Sarah's name reminded every time it was spoken that God is a faithful covenant-keeping God. I want to tell you something. God, when you get to heaven, he will have revealed himself as a faithful covenant, I promise-keeping God. Amen? When you arrive there and you get to glory, you're going to realize at that point in time, he has been faithful, his promises are true. And God's going to let you see on that white stone. Now, don't try to look somebody else. It says you're the only one supposed to know that. I, I know you're going to try to sneak around and look, but you're going to be on that white stone. You know what it? The name God gave to you when, when you were washed in the Lamb, when you put your faith and trust in the Lord. I hope your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I hope you are ready and prepared whenever that time comes to see what name was given to you. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for truth. Speak to us, minister to us, and let us walk in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good rest of the week.